What's up, Red Rocks Church? Happy Re60. We are getting to the tail end of this thing. It's been incredible for me. I hope it has for you as well. We are midway through the Gospel of John, and I'm not sure if you're allowed to pick favorites. I'm pretty sure you are. I think it's okay to have favorite verses and favorite books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is by far my favorite of the four Gospels. I tend to judge it by how much I can put myself into the scene and how much I feel like I'm experiencing the setting with my five senses. And when I read the book of John, man, I really feel like I can almost smell what's happening in the book. That's how real John is. And so if you haven't been doing Re60, that's completely fine. Bible reading plans are not for you to, to be a slave to or to serve just so you can check something off a list. This is about you getting closer to Jesus and you can pick this thing up and read it anytime. And if you haven't been keeping up with us, start in John. I promise you, it might be the best place. I always tell people to start in John anyways when they're new to the Bible. You will absolutely love it and it's never too late. And, and just because Re60 is almost over, by the way, our hope is that you can keep going. My wife told me this morning, she said, babe, I'm gonna keep going with the New Testament and just read it all the way through because I don't want this to stop. Just because Re60 is almost over doesn't mean your journey through the Bible and opening this book for yourself to experience God has to stop. This was the kickstart to hopefully start a brand new journey of you learning to meet your maker and know him more through the pages that he's, through the words he's given to you on these pages that are readily available to you any single day. So get in John, I promise you it is so awesome. I was reading John 7 and I was reminded, especially given the rain, it's totally raining and it's awesome. It's finally starting to feel like hoodie weather, hoodie weather just a little bit, which is great because we have these brand new Kingdom Culture hoodies. Is that a, a shameless plug? Absolutely it is because these are, these are awesome and they're cozy. Get yourself a Kingdom Culture hoodie because now it is raining outside. And uh, I know it's a big deal because they say, they've been saying that this has been one of the driest summers that Austin's had in a while. And uh, Ethan and I were just talking, we're totally those dads now who will say, hey, this is really good for the crops. This is gonna be really good for the lawn. We really need the moisture. I never thought I'd be the dad and the adult who said stuff like that, but I am that now. I am grateful that it's raining. Back in the Bible days, rain was a really big deal. They were agricultural communities. So every fall, every September, they would sow and they would plant seeds. And then every spring would be harvest. It was their livelihood. Everything depended on whether or not crops were going to grow. And whether or not crops grew was completely dependent on whether or not it would rain. And so the Jewish people back in the day, they had, they had seven parties or festivals or feasts throughout the year. The seventh one, the final one, and seven is the number of completion in the Bible. I'm sure there's some significance to that. We don't got time right now, but just know it's a significant festival. It's called the Festival of the Tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles, and you'll see Jesus attending it in John chapter seven. And it was every September, which is really cool. We're now in September. And all the Jewish people would make a, a Mecca pilgrimage trip to all get together and all celebrate for a week straight and, and worship and pray for rain. It's, it's winter now. And so they would get together and, and pray and plead with God, God, let it rain because our harvest in the spring is completely dependent on rain. They were divinely dependent in so many ways that we're just not now. 
Um, if I need water, I can go to my fridge and get ice cold filtered water straight from my fridge. If I wanna take a shower, I can do that. If I wanna wash my car or run the dishwasher or wash my clothes, I don't have to pray before doing that. It's honestly kind of amazing and we are lucky, but I take it for granted. There's so much about life that we're just not divinely dependent on God in the same way that the Jewish people were back in Jesus' day. Well, 2020 happens, and honestly, a lot of us find ourselves a lot more dependent on God and a lot more desperate for God than we've ever been in our entire lives. And I just want, I want you to know that is not entirely a bad thing. In fact, desperation and God dependency might just be the best thing that could ever happen. That could ever happen. And so Jesus, in John chapter 7, verse 37, it says this, On the last and greatest day of the festival, so the final day, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. And so by this time, everybody knows who this Jesus guy is, okay? They've all seen this, this supposed Messiah, this prophet, this guy walking around, healing people, uh, speaking truth and saying some crazy stuff. And so when Jesus steps up on a chair at this, at this festival, this Feast of the Tabernacles, and starts proclaiming something in a loud voice, everybody stops what they're doing and everybody's eyes are on Jesus to think, and to, they're thinking, what is this guy gonna say now? They're all like, if they had their phones, they would totally be doing Instagram stories of this guy right now. Like, could this be the Messiah? God of Jacob, yes or no, like the, the, the survey, the questionnaire thing on Instagram, whatever. That's just where my mind goes. So, every, so Jesus is up on a chair, and this is what Jesus says in a loud voice. He says, let anybody who is thirsty. So right now he's speaking of water. He's speaking of rain in every sense of the meaning. Anybody who is thirsty, anybody who needs rain, anybody who needs blessing from God to fall from heaven onto their lives, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water, this was a big deal, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And so I don't know if you remember reading John chapter one, but it's kind of like this, uh, it's kind of like a second Genesis creation story. John starts with, in the beginning was God, and the word, capital W, was with God in the beginning. That word means Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. Everything that was created in the beginning was created through Jesus. So this same Jesus was there in the very beginning, hanging constellations across the night sky, breathing creation out of his mouth with his word. And then John chapter 1 says this, something crazy. The word became flesh. God put on skin and bone and dwelled. That's a key word. He dwelled with his people. So this is the festival, the feast of the tabernacles, okay? So back then, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And a few hundred years before Jesus was born, before John, who wrote this, was born, a bunch of smart people got together and they took the Old Testament scriptures written in Hebrew and they translated those scriptures into Greek because Greek was the predominant language of the time, much like English is the predominant language of today. And those writers took the Hebrew word for tabernacle and translated it into the Greek word for dwells, 
for dwells. And so in the Old Testament, I mean, you, you know this, God would dwell with his people inside the tabernacle. Before Jesus, the presence of God lived in buildings. That's how God was with his people. That, that was back before the church was a people. Now the church is a people. Now God dwells within us. Back then, God was in buildings. He was in the tabernacle. And so this is John artistically saying, Jesus, God himself, came to essentially tabernacle among his people in bodily form. God came to dwell among us and take care of the sin problem on our behalf so that now God, rather than in buildings, can dwell, can tabernacle in me and in you. Jesus is saying living water is now here to dwell within you. And so he's talking to these people at a festival who are praying and pleading with God, please let it rain. Please let it rain. The seeds have been sown. Everything has been buried and planted in the ground. And God, we need something divine to happen. We need your blessing to fall so something can grow. I don't know about you, I've been feeling that for a while, ever since March 12th, when everything got crazy with the world. I'm like, God, we need your blessing to reign. Because honestly, it feels like a lot of dreams have just died. Maybe for some of you, it feels like part of you has just died this year. Or maybe you've had relationships and, or a career or, or that dream or whatever, and it feels like it's just, it's just died this year. I'm here to tell you, maybe it got planted. There's an old saying, every seed has to die before it grows. I mean, you know this, every resurrection, in order for that resurrection to happen, first there has to be a crucifixion. We see this with agriculture. We see this with creation. Every seed, every little seed has to be crucified, if you will, if something amazing is gonna come from that. I've seen this firsthand for dreams in, our, in, in my life. I mean, I'm talking to Ethan and Ryan and, and Sam about our dream. I mean, if you asked us five years ago, even three years ago about our dream to plant a church, it was, we're gonna move to, to San Diego. We're not gonna plant a Red Rocks church. We're gonna do this and we're gonna have that detail and it's gonna be my way, your way. It's gonna be like this, this, and this. And every one of those details has now been changed. We are now in Austin, Texas, planting a Red Rocks church. And honestly, that's kind of why I trust it because it's no longer my dream. It's like God, it's like God came in and said, we're gonna, we're gonna plant that dream and it's gonna feel like it dies. It's gonna feel like a lot of those details kind of go into the ground. And when, it, when something grows, it's not gonna look quite like you expect, but I promise you whatever it is, it's gonna be more and it's gonna be better. And in the meantime, here's what happened. Here's what happens. It rains. Rain is supernatural. There is nothing human beings can do to make it rain more. All we can do is pray and see what God's going to do. And this has just been a very humbling and hopeful reminder to me that if you have any dreams or any relationships or any of this or that that you feel like has died in 2020, just because it's buried doesn't mean it's staying there. It might be that it's been planted. Every seed has to die before it grows. Sometimes we have to hop on the operating table in order for God to change our true colors. I've heard it said that the, like the, whatever, 
whatever space between me and the man I want to be, me, the man I am today, and the husband I want to be then, the pastor I want to be then, the dad I want to be then, the leader I want to be then, the only thing standing in between me and that man is the amount of pain I'm willing to endure, the amount of getting planted and feeling like I've been crucified to my own flesh, I'm willing to take. Well, in 2020, we've all kind of been forced to that. And that's why you feel desperate. That's why you feel completely God dependent. And I'm telling you, let yourself just be that. Let yourself be desperate. Let yourself just be planted. Remind yourself, I'm not buried. This is not the end of my story. Because it's raining. Because something supernatural takes place when we let God take over and we die to ourselves and we give him our dreams and we give him our relationships, watch what he's about to resurrect. I'm not gonna promise you on the timing of that. I know way better than to, I'm not gonna promise you on what's gonna grow and what God's gonna do. I know way better than to promise things like that. All I can promise is that something is about to grow in your life. Let it be crucified. Let yourself be desperate. Let your life be planted and fix your gaze on Jesus Christ. That's what the author of Hebrews said. I kind of I feel like the author of Hebrews, when he says in Hebrews chapter 12, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus. He was talking to people who were going through it. He was talking to people who were in pain, who were being persecuted, who were suffering. And he was saying suffering and pain and hardship are going to try to to distance you from Jesus, and it's on you to make sure that doesn't happen. It's on you to make sure you fix your eyes on the divine. It's on you to make sure you stay close. If I can give you one piece of advice right now, just stay close because it's raining on your life. Just stay close to him because blessing is falling and something supernatural happens and something will grow out of all the seeds in your life that you feel like died in this season. Take heart, Christian. We are in this together. If you go look at the redwoods on the Pacific coast in uh, Northern California, some of those trees are 300, 400 feet high, 2,000 years old. Some of those trees were there when Jesus and John walked the face of this planet, which is just cool. Those trees have roots that go out in a perimeter around that tree, about 100 to 200 feet. It's what happens beneath the surface that allows something to grow so high and so tall and so beautiful. Do not, do not disregard the season of being planted. Do not disregard and think it's nothing or think things are over just because dreams are underground right now. Why? Because it's raining. Let it rain. Spiritual blessing is coming. Let the supernatural do what he does best and stay close. And the best way I think you can stay close right now, read John. It's where we're at as a church. Put yourself in these stories, experience them, smell it, taste it, see it, hear it, and feel it. And fix your eyes on Jesus. Get your focus. Nobody who meets the real Jesus has a problem loving him. Open your Bible to John and say, God, give me the real Jesus, not counterfeits, not that version, not the version I grew up with, not the, the picture or the stained glass version of Jesus. Give me the real thing because he is that ring. 
the God here to dwell in tabernacle with his people, living water. He is what you're looking for. And in the season of desperation, you learn that better than any other season of your life. So don't waste it. Church, we love you. Happy Re60.